Hello, Magnolia ISD educators. Welcome to our very first podcast, Did You Know? I'm Kimberly Thompson. I support all secondary campuses with digital learning programs in Magnolia ISD. And this is Kristen Oldham. Hi, and I support all elementary campuses with our digital learning programs. Welcome to Did You Know? This again is our very first episode, our very first podcast. Kristen and I are the hosts. Kristen, why don't you tell me a little bit about you and your your education background? Okay, so I have been in education for 14 years. I started as a secondary ELA teacher and then went into the library as a librarian at MJH. And now I am here as a digital learning specialist. I'm a huge supporter of all things ed tech, uh, digitally infused classrooms, and a big supporter of student voice and choice as well. What about you, Kim? Well, I agree with everything you just said, and you do support all of those things. I see that on the daily. Um, my background, I was a Spanish teacher for 15 years. I've taught all levels of Spanish, including AP and IB and loved absolutely every second of it. I was that teacher that always infused any kind of tech I could in my classroom. I remember at at working at Magnolia Junior High, um, we started using Kahoot for the first time, and we used Socrative for the first time. I remember people coming down, looking at my classroom, going, hey, what's this cool tool? And and, uh, ever since then, I've just been using it every, every chance I get a lot for the engagement side mm-hmm. um, with the tech. I love it to get quick analytics. We used to use that that one program where we could they would hold up a card and we would scan the room and it would give me immediate feedback. And uh, I love all things tech. And I always remind myself, especially after reading that bold school book, that uh, instruction first tech just supports that instruction. So now. Um, here we are doing digital learning and supporting all of our platforms here in the district and i love it (laughs) i love it so enough about us today we want to talk about three big things we want to talk about um, our new rollout with our sso clever and how that's going this year we also want to talk about the eduforia aware new question types and looking at the data with those. And then, of course, we want to talk about our digital badges, our program that we we pushed out uh, this past summer. And then we also have wrapped in here a Jerry gem. Um, you'll hear from Jerry Emery in, in curriculum with us. Anything else you want to add? No, I'm just ready to get started on talking about all these amazing digital learning programs that we have to offer MISD. All right, here we go. So let's talk about the new school year and rolling out our new SSO, Clever. Kristen, what do you think about this year and how we've rolled out Clever and and how that's going? So the feedback that I'm receiving from teachers is they really like the experience in Clever. Um, I've already had some teachers ask me how to use a messaging feature. And as a parent, I think it's going to be a great resource. I have currently two students in the district, and I use Clever on the daily with them. Mm. In my parent app that I was able to download on my phone, 
I have easy access to both of my students' QR codes. So whenever we get home, I can easily log them into the Clever portal using their QR codes. So you just, you pull up that QR code in the app and you just turn it around and let it show on the camera on their screen? Yes, and then it logs them right in. So mm. they can easily get to their dashboard even when we're at home. They don't have to have that QR code sent home. I don't have to keep up with it at home. Um, it's just, it's very easy. It's right there on my phone. But then even past those QR codes, there are a ton of MISD resources for parents inside that Clever app. So I have immediate access to the district calendar, the school lunch menu. I don't have to go and find that URL and figure out where my school is. It's right there in the application. And then as we're talking about our digital learning programs, we even have guides to, like, as a parent, how do I get connected with Canvas? How do I get connected with Seesaw? All of those guides are right here inside the Clever Portal for Parents. So, yeah. again, it's just a one-stop shop, so it works great for us. What I've loved about that that parent view is how Jerry added the Recursos para Padres in there, the parent resources for Spanish speaking. So all those, all that Spanish translating. Um, I love that that's in there, and I, I'm already getting some feedback from some of our Spanish-speaking parents asking for, you know, different little access and questions in there, and I think it's good, and I, I hope it gets, I hope it gets used a ton. Yeah. So. So what are you hearing from the campuses as far as teachers and student experience with the actual Clever Dashboard? I have lots of questions on the daily. Most of the feedback that I'm getting is that it's it's simple and easy to use. It's clean. Um, they don't have so many apps on there as they have before. We got the update right after, I believe, the school year started where it split it up with the My Teacher pages, the district page, and the Shared With Me at the top. And I was expecting to get a lot of questions about that, and, and I really didn't because uh, it's just kind of self-explanatory. The teacher pages... I. I wasn't expecting the teachers to use it as much as they are. I don't know why, but every time we go in and, and troubleshoot, they've activated, they've added apps to their teacher page. And so it's showing up on all the kids' dashboards, the specific apps they want the kids to go to so the kids don't, don't have to scroll very much. Um, yeah, that's been a great experience for my kids as well because they can just click on their teacher page and it takes them immediately to those, you know, handful of specific applications that are used for their language class or their math class. So that's been really helpful on, you know, especially working with the younger learners to be able to steer that learning to these, you know, particular applications. My favorite feature is the favorites. <laughs> Yes. I think that I, I've seen on every single campus that they, they're harding them and they're putting with about the kids are doing it too. It's in, it's intuitive for them growing up with social media where you like it and get the little, the little heart. So everybody seems to be using that feature as well. The, um, at the top of the teacher portal, they have the messaging features to message the parents and I'm seeing a lot of them launch, not a lot, a few are going to the classes and they're launching apps for their kids to, to grab their, to grab the kids' attention from whatever it is they're working on. It pops right up for them. So that part's been, been really good. We do have a few questions, but again, it's, it's pretty intuitive and, and they're using it. Yes. They're, yes. they're I mean, it, they have to, right? But they're, they're, they're getting into it. And what I'm not hearing, it's 
complaints. Correct. Yeah, I'm hearing this, or I'm not hearing the same thing. Um, and one of the things I am hearing is that the teachers are really liking the fact that it's tailored for their grade level or their school. It, it's not as cluttered, like you said earlier, on the student dashboard. Mm -hmm. If they're a pre-K through second grade student and they're not using a particular application, like maybe Imagine Language and Literacy, that application is not even on the dashboard for specific grade levels. So that's been really great that we can actually go through and tailor so that the students don't have a lot of what we would call when we had class like unused applications. So that's been really good. One of my exciting moments of the year so far with Clever has been uh, a call from our human resources department asking how to use it. So we uh, ran over there and were able to show you know, this is a bookmark page holder, basically, and you got to click in there and use it, and they, they loved it. So that that was a good moment. Um, I wanted to, let's let's stroll on over to uh, Eduphoria Aware and the new question types. That is a big, big topic for this year. Absolutely. Um, so really, what question types are you seeing out there? A lot. The big ones being constructive response. Um, because they're using it, I know, in ELA for the, the shorter response and then, of course, the extended one. Um, we are seeing drag and drop in several several content areas. And then match table grid has been one that I'm seeing in a couple as well. It's really, really good for, for categorizing. And then we've been able to look at the data for those question types and learn just a lot about not only how Edgeware uh, Aware works, but also how TEA is going to grade these question types, Those new question types right. just by looking at them. So um, are you noticing how the weight changes with the new question types? Yeah, so that's definitely something that we've looked at lately. Um, really having to go in whenever we're in that administration um, view and we're looking at our test setup, checking that test key going and actually clicking on the tab that says test key and looking at how are all of these individual items weighted out and because some of them like depending on how it's set up it may end up weighting at 25 percent of your overall test and maybe that wasn't the intent so some adjustments have to be made yeah lots of time reading the data one of the going back to those question types on the constructive response we've learned this year <laughs> repeatedly we've learned that if on the constructive response that that response has not been graded the entire test will not show up and analyze for the teachers administrators all of us to go and be able to see the data on there so they have to go and they grade it and then then it will show up in the Analyze tab. Are you seeing that same thing with constructive response? I'm definitely seeing that. And an issue that I ran into the other day myself was I was using a different computer. And I noticed that when I was going through and looking at the grades for those constructive response, it wasn't allowing me the option to score it. And it was because it wasn't showing up on my computer. So I had to change the resolution. I had to minimize it a little bit so that I could actually get that button to click score those response because I didn't realize that just because I filled in those scores, 
until I push that button, it's they're not going to actually reflect in my data. Control minus and edge of foria. If you ever feel like you can't see a button, control minus those little buttons. They fall off the bottom of the screen. And I just hit control minus on my screen, then it will show up at the bottom. It drives me crazy. <laughs> right. But once you learn how to do that, I think it makes the overall experience a lot better. And it's just little things like that. It's all the little things. Um, but once we start using it more and really understanding how it, the functionalities are going to work, I think we're just going to get better and better each time. Yeah. But it's just getting in there and playing with it. And the drag and drop, that was an interesting one this year. I remember um, Alana Wood, our director of advanced academics and, and social studies, she was talking how on the drag and drop, how you couldn't drag, they had to be in order to be counted correct. And when when I went and looked at the how the question was set up, it's it's box to box. It's like matching. It ha if this box is highlighted, it has to go with that box, no matter the order. So if it's not box to box, it's not quite working. But we uh, Edgeforia is releasing their enhanced drag and drop, and their timeline is fall of 2022. So soon. So I'm anxious to see what that looks like if they can use the drag and drop more like a categorize right right without it having to match that teacher key one for one yeah yeah but i like the drag and drop a lot and i, I am, i'm hoping that comes out the way that we want it to and that's easy to grade right. uh, match table grid is what it can be used now for categorizing it's um it's better visual that you, you you can click little radial buttons to say what that topic is, what what category that goes to, like First Amendment, Second Amendment, whatever, and they can click on the little radial buttons. And um, what I'm noticing with that one is that when you score it, it, it's partial credit scoring. And if you have to get all 10 right, if you have 10 in there to get full points, if you have nine, then you only get half credit. So it's kind of, it's oh. Yeah. yeah, that's strange. We haven't used, I haven't seen that one used as much. Um, so I'm anxious to see how that falls as far as if they're going to change that into maybe a point per task rather than partial credit. Because, I mean, if you're receiving nine, I don't want just half credit. <laughs> I know, right? So right now the recommendation has been just to use um, maybe two or three or maybe four max, right? So it's closer to the actual mm -hmm. score, like a more like a point per task on there. So that's been an interesting one. Um, are you seeing any other question types? Um, those are the main ones that we've seen lately. Um, I know that Edgeforia is just continuing with those enhancements. And, mm -hmm. you know, as we get that information and start seeing that it, you know, we'll get that out to the campuses as well. But I mean, just to see. You know what? Now that I think about it, when I was at um, Bear Branch Intermediate yesterday with their sixth grade social studies, they were doing a hotspot question. Oh, yes, yes. So they had a map up and they had several, you know, they had to match the area to the area on the map. And they even put in a couple of like Mississippi River was in the wrong spot, kind of a kind of a deal. So I'm anxious to see the data on that one because they can have several correct responses on that hotspot one as well. And I think bio uses that hotspot for like labeling a cell or. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've, I have seen a few of those on some of our elementary assessments, actually. Um, now that you mention it, those hotspots, they, they seem to be easy for our young learners to navigate as well. One of the ones that um, we did notice um, on the 
the line graph where they the students have to move the point over a back and forth. Mm -hmm. That one, it was it was a little more challenging for some of our uh, learners out there because that point has to be exact. Like it can't be off at all or the question is wrong. So it's really hard to gauge like exactly where does that um, point need to fall on that on that line graph. So okay. that one, that one I, I know we've, I've seen used here and there, but mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, they're rocking and rolling out there using all kinds of different you know, new question types and, and really, you know, once it's used, then understanding, like, what does that data look like mm -hmm. now that I've used it? Is it giving me the data that I want? Or maybe that wasn't the right question type to use for this particular question. Let's try a different one. Am I getting better data if I use a different one? So mm -hmm. I think it's just getting out there again and, and trying them out and seeing what's going to work best for not only your setup and your data, but what's going to be the best for your learners as well. Are they, how are they using it, and are they understanding how to use those different um, new question types? Yeah, it's a huge, I think, learning curve. That was what I want to say mm -hmm. for all of us, because the TEA just really set out for for all of us. Yes, every 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 campus, everywhere, we're all learning how this looks and and what works best for our kiddos and in the classes to get them ready for online testing. As Amy says, we are online testing this year. Have you heard? I've, have you heard? We've heard just a time or two. Now that was a detailed discussion about Eduphoria Aware's new question types and Clever. Time to get ready for Jerry's Gym. Welcome back. We are now at the Jerry's Gem section of our podcast. Uh, Jerry Emery works with us in digital learning, part of curriculum instruction. Jerry, welcome. Tell us about you. Hello. First of all, uh, thank you all for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, my name is Jerry, if you didn't catch that. Um, I've been with the district almost two years now through our curriculum department and our technology departments holding various positions. Um, well, I'm here today. If you would like to uh, learn a little bit about an important topic that's happening in our district, that is called multi-factor authentication. Okay, so that's that's this week's gem. That is this week's gem. That's what we like to expand upon a little bit, as some of you may have heard recently through some newsletters or through our other departments. Okay, so what you um, got? Well, Kristen, um, what percent of what percentage of unwanted logins do you think multi-factor authentication can prevent? Um, I'm thinking maybe like 90%. I said 99.9%. Really? Yes. Like, I'm not a math major, but I think that's as high as the number you get without being 100%, which is, which is very good. Um, so first off, what is multi-factor authentication? Um, we already authenticate through our district through using passwords. Um, that is something you know. There are other ways to authenticate, which are something you are and something you have. Um, so when you kind of put, you know, those layers on top of each other, you're just adding another way to verify that you are who you say you are. So that when bad threat agents, bad actors, bad guys, whatever you want to call them, try to get in, get in as us, view our sensitive information that we view every day. We're just putting another way to prove who we are to keep that data confidential 
and only for the attendant eyes it's supposed to be seen by. Okay. So I have already set up my um, 2FA, my multi-factor authentication. Kristen, have you set up yours yet? So that little <laughs> pop-up that I get in the morning when I log into Google that says, you may want to enroll in two-factor authentication. Mm -hmm. I should probably go ahead and enroll that so that yes. I'm protected. <laughs> yeah, so it's available to optionally select into um, right now. That may be changing in the future. Keep an, keep an ear out for that. Um, but right now it, it's... It's the best defense we have as a district against people with nefarious intentions that want to get in as us, impersonate us, access things they're not supposed supposed to access, mm -hmm. all that bad stuff you see in the cyber world. It's the best defense we have against that. So once I go through and do the enrollment, kind of walk me through that process. What should I expect to see after I complete that enrollment? YouTube. I have a YouTube link pop up on my screen. Just, it says YouTube. Well, it has a little YouTube icon. I was surprised by that. But when I went in, because I guess Google owns YouTube. Yeah. So maybe. they, maybe, I think they do. The problem, they own everything. We're going to find out <laughs> soon. Anyway, YouTube, I got a YouTube uh, pop-up on my phone and then a little screen that says, do you, are you allowing this login? And I hit, okay. I hit okay. So it just pops up on your own personal cell phone. That's what I put mine up in. Is there other, other options? Do you know? Um, your cell phone is probably going to be your best bet. If everybody these days has a cell phone, it's always going to be with you, and that will fall under the something you have. Mm -hmm. So we're putting in something we know, our password, and we have our cell phone by us pretty much 99.9% .9 of the time. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to fall under something you have, and it's the most convenient way to set it up. Okay. So if somebody's trying to get into my account and I don't want them to, or I didn't know, right, it's, I'm going to get pop-up. If up. you ever get... You know, if it's 12 o'clock in the in the morning um, and you ever get one of those text messages that's saying, can you please, you know, tap the login, here's your code. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Someone else in the world got your information somehow, maybe click something, maybe who knows. But if you get one of those text messages and it's not you, that is multi-factor authentication blocking them from getting in. Mm. And that means it's working. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I need to go set mine up. You need to go set yours up. Everybody else, go set yours up. It's going to be forced soon where they have to do it. Soon it will be uh, um, no longer voluntarily. Okay. I understand. So better get a head start on it now so you can, you know, iron out any kinks that you may have or, or whatnot. Just to be ahead of the game doesn't hurt. Yeah, if you have any questions, just reach out to the technology department. Um, they answer all our questions, and we have many. We have too many. Any other tidbits for us, Jerry? Um, if you were, if you never heard of this, you can actually go to haveibeenpwned.com, pwned as in P-W-N-E-D, and you can enter your personal email address, and you can see anywhere you have, you know, set up an account with uh, MySpace or or some whatever you bank with. If they ever had a data breach, and your email was a part of that data breach, or you had information that was breached, they will. You can see that there, and it's it can be pretty eye opening if you think you know if you had the same email just for twenty years, you switched banks four or five times, you go in there and put it in. Mm -hmm. You can see how susceptible you can be at times, and you never even realize it. Why do I feel like my my all my emails are going to be over? <laughs> Everything in there, they probably will be. Okay, awesome. All right, thanks, Jerry. Thanks for joining no, us today, and we we look forward to hearing what you have for us on the next episode.
So our last topic today is going to be all about our digi badges. So this summer we rolled out a digital badge initiative for MISD where you could learn more about the digital learning programs that we have to offer. Um, we had a few different levels, creator, explorer, and champion. We definitely noticed that we had a lot of participants in the explorer and creator badges. Um, actually, 90 badges have been earned to date. So we were super excited about the program and super excited that our teachers and educators are in there learning more about how to implement and use these digital learning programs in their classrooms. It's been a really fantastic week this week because I've been on campuses delivering those badges, the actual badges on a badge sheet that the teachers and whoever can post in their classrooms, in their office, wherever, and add more badges to it. So I've been able to celebrate the learning this week, which has been really great. I've been taking lots of pictures and posting all over Twitter, all these pictures and tagging away. I've been following your Twitter and they look so excited mm -hmm. whenever you walk in and deliver their badges, the actual badge that they have earned. So it's really cool to be able to see the students' reaction, yes. knowing that their teachers are also learning new skills and implementing new skills into the classroom. So it's really been awesome to see, again, that reaction whenever you show up to deliver those badges. And I'm delivering mine next week. So elementary, look out. Your badges are coming soon. <laughs> so your Twitter's going to blow up soon, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite badge that you have actually worked through and earned? Well, I have earned both bulb badges, not the bulb explorer because I, I built the course itself, but the, the other bulb badges I've earned, the sage and the champion earned those. Those were, those were easy to do with bulb because I use the program so much. Just by using the program, I, I just basically have to submit my proof and then I earn those badges. Of the ones that we've created, um, I think my favorite is and I don't know, probably the Canvas Creator. It's very basic. It's very, uh, it, it takes the teachers, really new to the district teachers, and tells them the MISD way with Canvas. So it's not just Canvas, but it's also the MI, like we put everything in modules and we talk about the template in there. And I, I like, I like that badge a lot. But for the ones that I've earned myself, probably my, those, those bold ones. What about you? Um, I think as far as the one that we offer for MISD that we built for MISD is probably the Elementary Canvas Explorer. And because we were rolling out a brand new interface with Canvas for Elementary, so it talks all about the new interface and how well it's developed for young learners. Canvas did a great job mm -hmm. about redesigning um, Canvas and really making it easier to navigate for our young learners. So I think that one's my favorite. And then as far as the ones that we didn't create, but that we have in there is probably the Seesaw Pioneer. Um, it really goes in depth on how to use Seesaw as a program and how to use it with your students, how to communicate with your parents through that um, application. So that one, Seesaw did an amazing job of setting up, you know, and, and tailoring it to that educator experience. I need to go do the Seesaw badges myself. I don't, I don't know enough. And when we're using Seesaw with our life skills classes, I need to know more. So I'm, I'm excited that we have these. I'm really excited that we got them set up in Strive so it shows up on everybody's PD portfolio so they can claim those hours. 
on there as well. So it, so far, it's been it's been really great. And and the best part to me is being able to celebrate with the teachers all their hard work. Walking in at West to Miss Hampton's room, and she saw her badge on her paper, and she threw her hands up and she said, "Stickers!" That just <laughs> <laughs> that was great. She loves the stickers, and uh, that that to me is is the best part i guess that's great yeah again i just i love that they're created depending on where you're at with the program as well like are you just starting out with the program you don't know anything about it or have you been in the program for a while and you are the champion and you're ready to show us how you're actually using it with your students in class so being able to level it for any learner um, has been huge. And, and I think that's the reason we were able to really see all of these different learners in there earning these, you know, 90 plus badges at all different levels. I learn a ton from the teachers. And when I go back into the badges and grade. Yes. And the speed grader, they, you know, we often, we have those discussions in there and they give a different point of view. And I learn more from that experience than than building it i think building it's fun i love creating Mm -hmm. but going through and grading it and seeing their interactions with each other and the discussions i love it i can't say enough good things about that part yeah i can't wait until we see our teachers who have earned the explorer then level up and continue on and earn the champion and really show us how they've been infusing it into their classroom i'm anxious to see those that evidence come back yeah, and we're, we're going to have new badges for next year that we'll, we'll build out this year. So we'll keep adding to that badge library, and I, I'm, I'm excited about that and see what we can do with that. Well, that wraps up episode one of our podcast, Did You Know? Kristen, thank you for doing this with me. I look forward to doing some more. For any of our listeners out there who want to record a question and send it in, we will play it and we will answer that question. You can also just email the question and we can answer it in the next podcast. Of course, we'll answer you before then, but it'll also, it can also go on the podcast. I look very forward to hearing from y'all. Thank you. Thank you.